everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hustle Podcast. Yes. Thank you so much. We do have a request though, before we get started, if you have found our content to be entertaining or helpful, would you consider leaving us a review on iTunes? Those five-star reviews really help to make sure that our content gets out there and that our show continues to grow. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 363. By the way, this is Orlando. I'm, I'm, I think I sounded like... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you gotta, really gotta come in a little slower. I mean, uh, let's be honest here. So, I feel like maybe even one of our early podcasts, like we knew each other, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I always called you by your last name, and so I didn't really use your first name very often. Uh, and, and you know, we were like work friends. I feel like when we first started, we were like getting into like just really becoming friends. And uh, I think one of the early episodes, I called you Orlando instead oh, yeah, of Orlando, yeah. and fine. you like corrected me, and I felt terrible for that. Uh, but uh, yeah, so if I, your friend, could say your name wrong, uh, I'm sure other people are mishearing it. So, but yeah, so we are on episode 363, and we are talking about uh, the real facts about reselling, things about reselling that um, you know either people don't talk about, things that are important that need to be talked about, and just kind of the the reality. I mean, one of the things about Pure Hustle Podcast is we've always said that we want to be real relevant and focused on reselling. And that's part of this is we, we try and be relevant. And sometimes the relevant is what's going on, big macroeconomic stuff. Sometimes it's things that are happening uh, in you know technology and specifically with reselling. Uh, but we always want to be real. And so there's times we talk about the, the good. There's times we talk about the bad. Uh, and today we're going to be kind of covering a lot of those things. So that way we all have a realistic expectation of what reselling is, what reselling can be. No, agreed. And the reason, you know, Mike and I are are doing these episodes, because I think right now, I think everybody, this is just my perception, is waking up about reselling. Not in the sense of like people are going out to resell, it's just that things are tough right now. And so the re- harsh reality of what reselling actually is, is finally hitting people. I think the last, you know, 2020, even before that, like 2018, 2019, uh, things were really good, like really good. And then after 2020, like once 2021 hit, things began to get interesting. And and now we're in 2023 and things are as real as they will ever be. And so, you know, I, I thought this would be good for us to share, uh, just for us to talk, obviously, to just, you know, uh, just resonate with people that listen and also to kind of warn those that are new that are going, hey, I, I think I should go full time right now. Or, you know, those are, you know, just in this place where like, oh, I can, you know, this is going to always be easy or, you know, this, this, they had, you know, they started the first month and, and their first month went really well. And they think it's going to just be an upward trajectory the entire time. And and so one of the first things though, uh, I, I just want to make sure that people understand though, is that reselling is profitable. Right. That, that is that is something that there is no denying it. You know, all the time people go like, oh, reselling is, is a scam. Right. Unless you're really into reselling, it's hard to have that perspective. Right. If you were to tell me, you know, years ago that I could pick up something for one or two bucks or even free. Right. Like those Game Boy boxes and make hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'd be like, no, that's crazy. That's all a scam. Somebody's lying to you. Somebody's trying to sell a course to you. Right there, they're just trying to get YouTube views and they're using clickbait material. But the reality is, reselling is profitable. It's helped a lot of people, whether it be individuals that were just trying to make a few bucks to just, you know, have some fun, whether it's individuals that were looking to be able to pay some bills every month. There, there are people that have, you know, bought houses full on because of reselling. Uh, I think of K-Way Shop and, and, and his wife. I love how I, his name is Wayne, but he, you know, we call these people by the Instagram handles, which I think is kind of weird, but you know, he listens to the podcast early on and he still listens, but he was working for the post office. And as he was listening to the podcast, he began to build his his reselling repertoire and he learned more and, and he became, I would say, an expert in, in certain kinds of clothing. And, you know, they, they paid off all their debt. They bought a house. Uh, now his wife is full time with him. 
I, I think they have a bigger social media <laughs> following than we do on TikTok. I mean, growing and because why? Right now he has the time because he's been profitable. He's had the time to be able to do more social media, and so. You know, there's many examples outside of Wayne and others. There's Reezy. We talk about Reezy resells a lot. We've had him on the podcast. Uh, you know, the Latin pickers. Like, there, there are so many people, so many examples, so many that aren't on social media that will say, you know what, reselling is is a good thing. It's a true thing. It's it's profitable. But there's a lot behind that statement. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I mean. There's a reason that that we've got this podcast going 363 yeah. episodes in. So I mean, we would have stopped a long time ago if we stopped being profitable. In fact, I mean, I don't want to repeat the same stories over and over. But when I first started and when we first started the podcast, I just assumed it would be, you know, a 10, 20 episode thing of us kind of just like you teaching me how to resell. Now I've learned to resell is a fun little thing we did. And then we'd move on because... I never I never saw it being something that could be life changing. And it has been. It's been life changing for me and my family. Um, and it is profitable. And, you know, it's one of those things. And we'll kind of talk about that as we go. Uh, but it's one of those things where you kind of get in, you get out of it what you put into it. And mm. that's not always the case. There are external things that, we'll that talk you can't always control. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's if you're willing to work hard, there's there's profit to be made. And so right off the bat, it's important, I feel like, for us to start with that concept, because if you're just getting started or you've been doing this for a while, it's easy to either one, be worried that you can't be profitable in it or two, to forget all the benefits, how much profit you've got, whether it's profit financially or other types of profit like freedom of time, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. opportunity, all of those things. Uh, The next thing, and I love this concept, is that reselling is simple, but it's not always easy. And the reason I love this, in fact, this is one of the very first things I do at the start of every single school year with my students is I have them do a writing prompt where they describe the difference between simple and easy. And I really want them to think about that because I, I use that analogy for like school, like school is simple, but it's it's not always easy. You know, the assignments you're doing, if you do everything you're supposed to do and you do your best, you're going to be successful at school. It's not always an easy thing to do. And I think the same thing is true with reselling. There's there's very simple principles and some of it can almost sound like cheesy simple as far as like buy low and sell high and and just take good pictures. And some of it's almost sounds. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But but the thing is, people sometimes think because it's a simple concept that it's always going to be easy. And I, I people need to think and, that, and this is myself included. Um, you need to really differentiate that there, there may not be many steps in what we do. But those steps can be hard. It's like I use the analogy when I'm teaching my students this of running. Like running is literally two steps, left foot, right foot. And you just do that over and over and over. Um, and it's a simple thing to do, but it's not an easy thing to do for you know an extended period of time. You've got to put a lot of effort. You've got to train. you got to work towards it. And some people are going to be naturally better at it than others. And, and there's all those things involved. And, and reselling is just like that. All you've got to do is go out and find the stuff cheaper than you can sell it for and and sell it. And that's a simple thing to do, but there's going to be hiccups along the way. It's going to be, there's going to be seasons of, of drought. There's going to be times when you're not wanting to list. There's going to be death piles that are piling up. There's going to be changes in markets and you're going to have to be kind of keeping track of what's trending and what's not trending. There's a lot involved with the amount of work you have to put in. And there will be times when it's easy. There will be Hey, I got a really sweet haul. It was really easy for me to list these things and research these things and and sell these things. And so you can have kind of that feast moment, uh, but that's not the everyday of reselling. So the principles are the same and it will be simple, but it's not always easy. But even just remembering that it's simple is a good thing too. Don't overcomplicate things because then that can get you frustrated and make it so you don't want to continue reselling. Yeah. And I want to touch on this a little bit too, because, you know, it's funny because we started the podcast, right? You were brand new. Right. How long do you think, Mike, it took you to get a hold of how to successfully sell on eBay? Um, successfully sell on eBay? I feel I, like I, I had a pretty good I had a, a pretty good basis of, of just hustling in general. Uh, but as far as like navigating the technical aspects of eBay, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Just like from how to source to how to list to how to how pack and ship. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't long. It was it was a couple of months of of doing some things. I mean, there's, 
I feel like if you're learning from every mistake, it you learn quickly. You know, a couple times shipping or things mistakes. wrong, or yeah. and that's right. Um, and and some of it you just have to do yourself. Like you realize, like, oh, I'm not charging enough for shipping, or I need to learn how to pack these things, or that's a bad idea to source those because of the time it takes to test. And so you, there there are certain certain things that you continue to learn as you go, and and you're going to continually refine and get better. But as far as just kind of learning the basics and being to the point where. I could do this. Like if, if you were to say, start with nothing, here's 10 bucks, buy something and sell it on eBay and, and kind of get this thing rolling. Uh, within a couple of months, I was at a place where I feel like I was competent enough that I could really get that going. Yeah. And so I want to encourage those that are listening that it's it's really easy to learn. I think the learning curve is easy. I think staying consistent is a difficult part. Right? I'll never forget when we started the podcast, uh, I was... You know, it was my first year full-time, right? Just starting full-time. And I remember within three months, I stopped watching uh, resellers on YouTube. Uh, I would, I still listen to Scavenger Life because I really enjoyed uh, their podcast. But outside of that, I really wasn't watching any more Bolo videos. Not saying you shouldn't watch our videos, but, you know, I, I, there was a point where it wasn't relevant to me anymore, right? I, I had learned, you know, what I was able to source in my area. I learned what was good and profitable, I learned how to ship. I, there was a lot of things that I learned, but what what I struggled with was how to keep that momentum, right? And I think that's the part that's that's tough on eBay is, you know, when it's the beginning, right? You you love that first future chings, you know, you make that major profit, but then what happens when you can't find those things, right? What happens when you go three weeks of garage sales and there's really nothing? What happens when, you know, that thrift store that was around the corner raises their prices to a crazy amount and no longer is it profitable, right? That's when it starts getting difficult. What, what happens when eBay starts asking you to pay promoted fees or eBay wants you to do free returns or eBay wants you to do expedited shipping, whatever it may be, that's when it gets difficult. And so this is why there's always somewhere to learn. Like, for example, I still watch uh, resellers on YouTube, but I watch different ones now. Now I watch those that have been reselling for a while that have adapted, uh, that even during this difficult time, they're still, it seems to me that they're making it happen. So I, I want to encourage people that, yeah, it, it's it's simple, but it's not easy. Staying consistent is, is the most, I, I would say, difficult part. Now, the third one, I think that keeps everyone safe, though, and, and and people people argue this with me all the time, but I I think keeping your costs low solves a ton of your problems. A ton of your problems. Who argues with you on that? I, I get people saying that like, well, you keep saying Orlando that you should just you know buy stuff for cheaper, and, and sometimes you can. And I go, well, then maybe you need to switch what you're sourcing, or maybe you need to find somewhere else to source. So that's what I get. I, I I generally I get a lot of it too from people that do retail arbitrage. So, you know, I understand that component, but to me, it's like even right now, unless you really know what you're doing, I would not touch retail arbitrage. Like I wouldn't. Like I would say there's people that are really good. You know, so for example, right now in this market with like Nike shoes and sneakers, like there used to be a time when it wasn't that saturated and you could go into a Nike store, you would hardly ever see a reseller and you could, you know, get stuff on clearance and, and for cheap. And there wasn't that much competition on Amazon or go or whatever platform you're using. But now, right. You'll go. And this was, I haven't gone like in, in a year and a half, but I used to go to the factory store here by where I live. And every morning there's at least 10 resellers at the door waiting to get in. And that's just that location. And then after that is when you, when you list it, right? If you're all buying at the same price point, it's going to be super competitive. So yeah, there's, there's people that are like saying, no, it's not about buying low. And sometimes I also get individuals that are like, Orlando, you're always trying to negotiate a better deal. And to me, it's like, I, that's, that's the way that you stay profitable right now in this time. Cause here, here's what, here's what people are missing right now. And, and not everyone, but a lot of people are missing is that, you would think in a time of inflation right now, right? The last uh, uh, inflation report came out, right? We went up 3.7% comparison to last year, okay? So inflation has not gone, it's gone down, but it's going back up again, okay? Gas prices, my gas every day has gone up at least five cents here in California. There was maybe like two or three days where it didn't go up, but I would say in the last two weeks, it's gone up at least 30 to 40 cents. I don't know how it is over there in Texas, but 
out here, it's, it's gone crazy. And inflation, all these prices have gone up. Okay. Uh, and we'll talk about this later on. Fees have gone up on all platforms. But guess what? What hasn't gone up? How much you can sell things for? That's actually gone down. So you're in, in this inverse relationship and you're going to be in trouble if you can't buy things for cheap, if you can't buy things for a lower price. Because while, yes, you know, our prices, everything have gone up. You as a reseller, your prices have gone down. You're facing deflation while everything else is inflationary. That's a really bad place to be, especially if you're still trying to spend the same amount of money for items and you're trying to sell them for what they were back in 2021, 2022. Somebody had asked me actually in the comments had said, it's crazy, Orlando, that, you know, you're, you're selling at 50% off, but you're, you're still able to, you know, make the same amount of money as before. Well, the only reason I'm able to do that is because my costs are really low, right? I'm selling a lot more, but I, I'm willing to take more offers. Uh, I'm willing to run deeper sales. Actually, I'm, I'm running an even deeper sale right now. I'm at 55% because I need to. I, uh, I'm running 35% off and I sent like 8,000 people uh 20% off coupon. So we'll, we'll stay tuned for the update. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand people arguing with you with the... Um like the way you negotiate, I get that that rubs some people wrong. The other part, though, I feel I understand where they're coming from when you say just buy stuff cheaper. Like, yeah, that is the ideal. Uh, but there comes a place where like that that's not always possible. Like if you could always just buy stuff cheaper, eventually get to a place where you're just not sourced for free. Now have people pay you to source from them. Like there comes a point where like, I, I'm, I'm, I've kind of found rock bottom prices. Like if you're if you're able to source shoes for two dollars a pair or you're able to sort like whatever it is you've got pretty decent but like all those other things you've said like the price you could sell for have gone down you can't always make up for that difference of the prices have gone down what i can sell for i'm just gonna buy the stuff cheaper like yeah then you could say well then get in a different market but i don't know i think it's almost gonna have to i mean yeah maybe but and and i agree that 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 that's that you we do have to adapt and that's the thing but i think i understand the principle of buy as cheap i think what we should say is buy as cheap as you can I don't think you can say though, like, oh, just buy cheaper because it's possible you're already buying as cheap as you can buy in that situation. I, I see that. I see that. That that's true. That's true. But you know, if if you're in a place where your fees are too high, you're trying to do promoted listings, like in clothing, right? Clothing is super saturated, and I don't know what the average is, but let's say the average is twenty percent. Okay, like if you want to get top promoted on certain things, you're promoting at 20%, which is crazy. But a lot of clothing sellers even hit 25%. I've seen even 30 at times, okay? So there's that. Then there's the eBay fees, right? That's another 10, 12%. So we're, we're talking about 42% already being taken off of what you're buying, okay? Of what you're buying and selling. Then on top of that, let's say you decide to go free shipping, <laughs> Then that's another, I don't know, depending on what you're selling, let's throw another, you know, 10%. So now you're looking at over 50%, okay, that you are losing in fees, in shipping and everything. So if you're trying to buy your inventory for the same price now that you were buying a year or two ago and prices have gone down, you're going to be in a mess, right? They're, they're, you're going to have to find a, a way at, legally <laughs> to get uh, inventory at a price that you can still say profitable. And so the number one rule in reselling is you got to buy low and you got to sell high. That makes sense. Uh, yep. That's true. I mean, that's, that's the, uh, that's market, right? No matter what market you're in, buy low, sell high. Yeah. Agreed. 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 All right. Hey, before we move on though, there's another thing that you need to know is you need to be able to stay on top of your bookkeeping. Don't be like Orlando and wait until October to file your taxes. Get your taxes done as soon as you can. And one way you can do that is by using My Reseller Genie. And My Reseller Genie allows you to keep all your information uh, from year to year. It imports it from eBay, allows you to put your cost of goods and so on. And it's a great tool so you can have peace of mind. You're not stressing. You, you know where you're at with your numbers. So if you haven't checked out My Reseller Genie, uh, go to the link below. Uh, use your code Pure Hustle. You have 15% off uh, the first month. And uh, you should be ready to go. So check it out again. Link below and use our code Pure Hustle. Get 15% off the first month. Yes, that's good. That's good. 
All right. So the next thing uh, that's kind of important to know, and, and this again is, is something that's kind of dear to my heart, is this idea of resellers need to know more than the person you're buying from, right? Resellers need to know more than the seller. And, and here's what we mean by this. Knowledge is power. If you have more knowledge in the situation, you are going to win um, most of the time. I feel like there's two things with that, like the knowledge part. And then two, the uh, the other thing I've said before is whoever cares the most in the in the negotiation is going to lose. Um, whoever cares most about the making the deal or making the sale is going to lose because the other one has more leverage. But if you've got the knowledge, it's going to give you automatic leverage because you're going to know at what price point you're going to be able to pick something up for and be profitable. So depending on what numbers people give you, you can you know say no, you could say yes, you have a little bit more negotiation room. Um, if if you if the seller knows more than you, you're really going to struggle with um, being able to get a decent deal because you might think something is way more valuable than it is. And they're able to offload it to you and they actually end up winning because they've offloaded stuff that isn't quite as valuable yep. or um, they know more than you and they're just going to say like, or even as much as you. And they say like, no, actually, I know what this is worth and um, I'm not going to sell it for this price. So certain things, especially when you're talking about like collectibles, you're going into something where you're, you're trying to buy up collectibles from people. You need to know enough about the thing you're getting unless you're just lucky. And again, it's one of those things where if someone's like, yeah, these are my kids, you know, toys. I don't really know however much for the box you can have it. Basically, that's that's the deal again, because they don't know what it's worth. There are times when somebody knows, yeah, I know that this toy probably sells for 100 bucks on eBay, but I'm not going to spend the time and energy doing it. Uh, but they still probably aren't going to offload it to you for 50 cents because they they have that knowledge. Uh, so again, the more things you have knowledge about, the better off you're going to do when you go into a garage sale or you go to the thrift store. Um, if you have if you have tons of knowledge about a lot of different categories, maybe that seller knows the value of one or two things that they have, but they might not know the value of the third thing that they have. And so that's where you're going to win. So the longer you do this, the more knowledge you're going to end up having because the research you're doing and just the experience, the more often you do it, the easier you're going to be able to tell, I'm still not a clothing guy. I need to get more into it. Um, but one of the things that people have mentioned is it's not even about the brands, especially if you're going to like the bins. It's, do you know, fabrics. Can you feel uh, some clothing and say like, this is valuable versus uh, this is just kind of throwaway clothes. The more you know that stuff, the easier, the faster, all of those things become. So you definitely need to focus on knowledge. So no matter whether you're just starting out or you've been doing this a long time, one of the number one areas you need to improve in if you want to be successful is going to be knowledge. Knowledge equals money in this game. And so even if you're dirt broke and you're starting off and you, like I said at the beginning, you've got $10 to start this reselling journey on. Knowledge is free. You can just spend time walking in a thrift store, looking stuff up, looking up stuff at garage sales, watching YouTube videos, looking at sold comps on eBay, because the more knowledge you have, the better off you're going to be. No, oh, and there's so many examples of that. I, uh, Saw a guy on TikTok. I think he's, his name is Surfs of Finds or something. Uh, shout out to him. He, he has some good content on there. And he uh, he he bought a painting at a thrift store for like ten dollars. And the moment he listed it, like there was no signature, there was no identifiers. He couldn't find out what it was. I think this was before Google Images too. And ten dollars. And then somebody offered him. I hope I got it right, but I think somebody offered to wire him ten k. You know, 50 to 10K, like, that's that's a win, okay? And then a year later, he decided to research and he looked it up. And the person that bought it, restored it, sold it at Sotheby's and sold it for $186,000, right? So, so knowledge, right? Knowledge. He didn't know, but he knew that it was worth something. The other person knew more, knew what to restore, knew how to, you know, how to get it auctioned off. And made more money. And that's just the, that's the way reselling goes. Right. I, I have an example later on today. Uh, um, well, no, I got plenty of examples. But I, listen, I'll sh my, my latest haul, right, with with uh, the manga and the Game Boy boxes. Right. That's fresh in memory. I only knew about manga because of you. I think you brought it up one time. Like, I never would have looked at that stuff. To me, that looks like a bunch of like kids books that aren't worth anything. I know I sound like and an old man saying that. Now you've been making a killing that. on that, right? Oh my goodness! Yeah, especially just, that One Piece stuff, man. I just sold one One Piece book. It's a gold, a gold foil is Volo, 
uh, and on the bottom it has like this like foil or whatever on it. I sold one if their first print. I sold it for 120 bucks, just one. That whole haul I spent 190 dollars on. All right, the Game Boy boxes. The only way I knew about Game Boy boxes is because on social media, I, I I'm sure I watched a couple YouTube and and people had found like a Pokemon box and they're like, oh, some this lady gave it to me for a quarter and I sold it for like two to three hundred. Had I not known that, all those boxes that I got out of the trash would be in a landfill somewhere right now. Instead, they help pay the bills for me. So, yeah, your knowledge knowledge is key, and that's just the way it is, right? And I've said this before: everybody has access to phones. So, don't feel bad if you go to a garage sale and you see something that's profitable, and the person's like, "Ah, whatever, out two bucks. I want it out of here." That's what they. That's what they wanted to do, right? They. They didn't want to look it up. They just wanted to get rid of it. You had the knowledge. You knew it was valuable. Your time is important to you too. And so you just picked it up and you made a killing on something. And that's just the way business goes, right? That, that's all the time. Every single transaction you make. So, all right. Now this one, no one likes hearing this, but fees will always go up. They will always go up. There will never be a time where there's going to be an entire year that no fees have gone up. Especially, think about the price of everything. The other day, I know I sound really chintzy saying this, but uh, is that an okay word? I don't even know. I feel bad. Anytime I use these words, I use all the time. I feel like somebody's going to say I said something that was not PC. But um, I, I wanted to get like a McDonald's ice cream cone. Do you know how much those cost now? Uh, I don't remember the last time I went to McDonald's. Good for so you. No. Good for you. Okay. All right. But just a year ago, you could go for a dollar at the dollar menu. Now here in California, it's three twenty nine. dollars My chicken sandwich is four twenty nine. So if if everything else is going up in price, and by the way, hopefully some of you took advantage of the 50 cent hamburgers at McDonald's, I think a couple of days ago uh, that happened. Um, no, hopefully you didn't. Hopefully you didn't <laughs> eat at McDonald's. Ugh. Hey, that that's poor. your health is that's your health is flow. important. No, you could you could make better meals than that for cheaper. And Wendy's, I think Wendy's did a I think it was one cent for a junior bacon cheeseburger or something. Yeah, no. you're 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 costing yourself long term with that. I'm I'm not trying to no shame to anybody eating fast food. I I, I oh no kids, shame I me. I shouldn't be eating fast food. I, I eat too I, much. I, I, I have little ones, so uh, there's a lot of times where like there's rough weeks, and it's like, what are we having for dinner? I don't know. But uh, but man, it, you know, long term, man, take care of your health. Actually, we should add that, man. Even things like sleep, all those things, man, you will be a better reseller if you're taking care of your health. That is true. That is true. That is true. I, I do remember two years ago after a Q4, I was dying. I was, and I'm still out of shape, but I'm I'm in better shape than I was at that point in time because I remember like my knees, like I couldn't make it. So yes, I agree with that. Anyways. Before we, oh, okay, fees. Fees will just go up. It's just part of doing business. I will say eBay threw us a curveball with the promoted listings. I don't think anyone understood how much it would affect us in reselling because it has. It has drastically affected all of us because, you know, it's it's normal. I know that sounds weird. I know people hate hearing that, but it is it is normal now, unless, you know, you're in a field that doesn't need it. But pretty much anything you're going to pick up you're going to have to promote in some form or fashion unless it's something super special. And so just live with that reality. That's just part of reselling. If you're a new reseller and you hear a lot of these, you know, veteran resellers on these forums going, I'm not reselling anymore because of fees or I'm done. Fees are too high. Don't listen to them. I mean, yes, but no. I mean, there could come a place where the fees are too high. Like you got it. You have, you do have to consider that because you know, what is, what does it take when, if your your margins are going to be slim, prices are already going down. If fees keep going up, like you could get to a point where you're working you're working more for an hourly wage that's not worth it, right? So it, fees can be a legitimate reason to leave um, if you're already on slim enough margin. Now, of course, the ideal is we'll just be on better margins, but yes. it doesn't always like it doesn't always work, you know? Like yeah, but how cra- could- how crazy are your margins? I mean, I understand if you're like an Amazon seller. And you're only making ten percent net profit, and the and the Amazon fees go up. Yes, but on eBay, if you're doing secondary goods, like I think there's a problem. 
Like I really do. If you're doing retail arbitrage, I can get that. But if you're not, if you're doing vintage goods or secondary goods, I I think there's a problem. But again, like it's one of those things like you've you've made comments about like when it comes to negotiating, you'll negotiate an extra dollar off of somebody's offered you something, you could get it for 20, you would try and get it for 19, you know, because yes. every dollar counts at it that does. point. So you're talking about like a, a 5% difference. And if you were, if someone told you like, you can resell, but you're not allowed to negotiate at garage sales anymore, you know, like, <laughs> oh, I'm out. It could be, yeah. it's, but see, and of course it's bigger d- d- deals than always like 2%, 5%, like sometimes it's huge, but, but it comes down to the, that, it, that adds up over time, like a 5% increase of fees could could make it where it's like, all right, well, I was making this much. That might only sound like 5% less, but if it's like all the other things on top of it, it's 5% less on top of if you're working more to make less on top of all of those, it adds up. I mean, yes, fees are going to go up. And so, yes, try to fortify your your business in a way that can handle that stress. Um, and, and for most people, I don't think it's going to be much of a stress. Like most people aren't even going to know, feel the difference between one percent and five percent and maybe even as much as a ten percent ding on their store you know like i made i made ten thousand last year i made nine thousand this year like yeah if you're part-time or something like that it's not enough to make you quit but you know if you're if you're on a fixed income you're full-time and you're like i need a hundred grand to make ends meet and now i'm making ten percent less because of all the different fees that have gone up whether it's shipping and fees on ebay and all these things now i'm only making ninety and I'm working harder to make that ninety. Eh. Well, that's you know? where I'm at. I'm 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 down twenty to thirty percent, and I'm working twenty. I would say fifty percent more than usual. So yeah, it it's but that's the reality of reselling, right? I've accepted that reality. I know it's tough. I know it's brutal right now. I'm not giving up. I'm a, I'm gonna keep moving unless it gets to a place where, you know, I'm putting my whole family in danger financially. Then. I'm going to keep moving forward. But that that is the reality of reselling. Like you have to work with the fees and you have to find a way to stay profitable, profitable with the, those fees. So that whether that means you find the right platform, whether that means you source differently, whether that means you buy things for less, uh, whether, you know, that means that you end up having to maybe go not full part time, but maybe you go, you know, reselling three fourths time. Right. And you pick up something like that that's where we're at right now. Like right now, uh, I was somebody was mentioning that there's actually people that were on YouTube now that the YouTube revenue has gone down and the reselling revenue has gone down, and now they're in a place where they 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 ended up picking up a job, right? And and I've mentioned before, I I teach homeschool, right? If it wasn't for me teaching homeschool, I'd be in a worse place right now, right? That that helps me out, right? Uh, you know, we make a little on the podcast, which I, I don't think. It helps out really substantially, but it does every 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 dollar helps, right? Um, there's all these different streams of income. I've done some investing stuff like that, but outside of that, right? You you have to find a way to deal with the fees because fees are just the reality of reselling. Hey, before we move on, I forgot to mention um, my resale. I know we talked about resale genie, but I just want to say thank you to them for the for the swag so in case i think you can get some i don't know but go to them on instagram and i got this bag which it'd be awesome to fill this up i want you know mike i want to see, i want you to be one of those bin people with bags that's what i want make you sure to make sure you're talking to the microphone oh, i want you to on. be one of those guys with bags at the bins like All this. right <laughs> you're like no <laughs> that's fine but uh no thank you i i just want to say thank you to my reseller genie uh, Paul and Faith, always good. Telling us they appreciate us. So, anyways, I forgot to mention that before when we were throwing the ad, but uh, I am grateful. What else? We got a journal in here. We got stickers. Keep calm and genie on. Okay. Nice. All right. Anyways, hey, before we move on uh, to our, I, I got to tell you, this hustle of the week is probably one of the best hustles of the week we've had in a while. I mean, we they're always great, but there are some that you're like, whoa, like this was great. Or or at least entertaining. You know what I mean? So Oh yeah. You want this pen? Here you go. Is it a is it a gel pen? Uh it is. Look. Yeah, send it send it my way. Put it See in my, the mailbox, man. We should have done it. a cool like 
cool effect where I handed you the pen and you somehow grabbed it on the other and screen. Then I take it. And you yeah, just that would have that would have taken more forethought and production than our uh, <laughs> than our podcast currently has the budget for. <laughs> just mailing a pen to you. That's all it would have taken. Okay. Yeah, well. <laughs> all right. Hey, if you haven't been following, stamps are expensive, man. Shipping's getting out of control. Yeah, hey, shipping is is pretty intense these days. Speaking all of right. which, if you want to help, if you want to help support us, so oh, that we can yeah. uh, we can do that, we can we can ship some stuff to each other every once in a while with this exorbitant uh, shipping fees. You can join our patron and support us there. And one of the benefits of doing that, it's five dollars or five fifty five a month, uh, and it's just a way of saying thank you. Uh, we we don't have. Um, tons of like we we don't hide content behind a, a paywall, but what we do have is we have a Discord, which is just a community of resellers who get together and they're chatting throughout the week, throughout the day, asking questions, giving comments, sharing encouragement, every once in a while venting, right? Like all the things that's kind of nice, and it's just a good community. So uh, if you're interested in in joining that, and even if you're not interested in joining the Discord and you just want to support us, uh, we we really do appreciate all of the the people who who support us on Patreon. Um, and th- there's a reason why we don't even mention our patron until like halfway through the episode every time is because, you know, we want we want you to see like, we're not just starting the episode like, gimme, gimme, gimme. Like we want this content to be out there. We want you to be able to have this content. And if you've listened to this and you're like, well, I, I like what they're saying. I like, I feel like it's valuable. And you listen to our content. It It's what makes this happen. I, I have a green screen behind me that, uh, you know, cost quite a bit of money to get, you know, they weren't super cheap and the camera equipment that we have and the audio equipment, all the things that we have, even the, uh, the, the, the being able to stream this and record this and then upload it and all those things, there's expenses and you guys help cover that. So thank you so much. Whatever, whatever this thing was that Mike said to get. Yeah. Well, careful moving it around while we're recording (laughs) a lot of that's terrible etiquette. I hope you didn't mess anything up. I don't think I did. Come on. Hey, man. by the way, if you haven't been following us on social media, we're PSO Podcast and all social media. We are PSO Cast on X. Uh, you can always give us a call. Uh, our, our voicemails are kind of lonely, Lee, so, you know, give us a call. 619-738-1170. 619-738-1170. Or shoot us an email at PSOPodcast at gmail.com. Actually, uh, our hustle of the week this episode and two weeks from now come from our emails. So, again, Podcast at gmail.com. If you haven't had a chance yet um, to watch us on YouTube and you listen to the podcast, jump on over to the to the YouTube, hit that subscribe button, smash that like button, hit that bell notification. And as always, grateful for all of you that leave us reviews on Apple iTunes. It really helps us a lot. Uh, just so people know why should they tune in? Why, you know, is PRSO Podcast the, the number one reselling podcast and the most reviewed where are we at right now? We're at, okay, 737. We're all, I want to get to 800 here. So we're getting there. I just want to share the last uh, last two here. Oh, wait, wait. Let's go last three. I'm encouraged by this one. So this is from uh, Santini. There's like five eyes at the end. Uh, and they said, your advice helped this former and dot, dot, dot. So I'm guessing former reseller. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I said, this is one of the best podcasts for eBay reselling. These guys have integrity and valuable insight. At the beginning of June 2023, myself stopped. Their advice about getting the sale jumped uh, started my summer. My summer slowdown became a speed up. Now going in, their insight about how eBay is pushing sales is so valuable. This show produces valuable and timely advice. That is awesome. Good for you, Santini. All right. Uh, this comes from... Uh, I always love these. This is from Given a Gift. Two out of five stars on this one. See, we keep it Ooh, real here. That's all right. Because I love it. Pod- actually hurts. You know, honestly, a one star review you can almost throw away. I feel <laughs> like maybe even a two, but like the twos and the threes, man, that's where it hurts. Cause it's like, it's legitimate enough where it's not just like, I hate them. They, they look awful. So I'm going to give them a bad star, you know? I just love that you can't like ah. win, right? We can't win, right? No. So never. this is from Giving a Gift said, I love podcasts that uses the first 20 minutes reading stats from articles. 32% of most listeners turn off the podcast when the host mind-numbingly reads off stats. What's next? What's next? Asking us to guess smells over the podcast? <laughs> what? It's pretty funny. I know. If, you that? if you don't have enough content to make a weekly podcast, maybe you shouldn't. Quality over quantity. Bring back the fifth wheel podcast. What? What? I, I'm so okay. So number one, number one, 
the reason our podcast is a great podcast is because we actually do research. We bring in real numbers and real stats. Like I'm just not talking about and whining and ranting about just my random day of reason. Like we want to help Fair enough. people. But, but I will tell you what. So I, I will agree in a sense. And this isn't against you, Alana. All right. Just I, like I'm okay. listening. Okay. Uh, okay. Now that we're we're distant, like before, you used to be able to read the articles and I'd kind of look over your shoulder and be kind of glancing and I'd be able to kind of skim through and see what you're saying. Mm. But now that I'm just listening to you read the articles, yes. if it's too long and it's not just like, here's like the two sentence summary of what it had to say, it you do start to lose what, what's being said. So I understand part of that argument, but but you're right with the like, uh, one, we don't start the podcast that way. That was what the 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 news, yeah, the news that's section like halfway through the podcast. In. And uh, and and it it makes up like five minutes of the podcast as us, but whatever. Again, like you're not gonna make everybody happy, but yeah, we do research our podcast as much as possible and try and bring in relevant information. If there's a part you don't like, skip it. I take pride in the research that we're not wasting your time. Like this is this to me is quality. And if you don't like the quality, there's other podcasts around. Yep. All right, right. but uh, we'll get on TikTok. Huh? What's that? If they can go get TikTok, like. You got five seconds, your attention span, if, if, it's, that, if it's only that big. I just thought, um, okay, but the fifth wheel, was that about your fifth wheel trailer? Like what? Yeah, because people complained for a while. There, know, was, a, there was like a, a two or three month period where I was in the process of trying to sell that fifth wheel. It was like a huge, huge thing that was like life, life changing because the fifth wheel, like the whole fifth wheel adventure. It came from reselling. A, it came from reselling, right? So like that was part of the whole thing is like reselling, took my wife out of work on purpose so that we could do that and then so we had to go to the fifth wheel to afford living and then like oh we could actually make money on this thing like so it was a whole a- aspect of like the reselling journey in a, in a lot of ways so uh but yeah i mean i get that my couple minutes updates every uh every week for a few months was too much for people which is fine uh, but apparently this person enjoyed it so again you can't win um you know there's probably parts of the podcast that that i mean even i get like ah oh, this isn't for me Whatever you're listening to, it fast forward. We have we have 363 episodes of tons of content. I'm sure there's something there that's valuable. Yeah. So this next one, I'm a fan of this one. <laughs> so, so this one comes from Lombar with three L's. Had such a great podcast. I listened to you guys too much because last night I was dreaming I was dating Orlando. It was pretty cool though, <laughs> because I now had someone to source with and talk about eBay, LOL. But seriously, I look forward to this podcast every week. I listen while I'm working and it breaks up my day. Very informative and relatable. Thank you guys so much for your weekly inspiration. There you go. There you see, see, there's highs and lows. That's right. There's people that, right. that, you know, appreciate us and there's people that appreciate yeah. the fifth wheel. You are the most eligible reselling podcast co-host out there, I think. So is that good or bad? I, I don't know if that's a good thing. So I don't. You know, here's my struggle, and I'm not. And this isn't a dating show, but I I just don't see me being a full time reseller and a relationship. That would be that would, unless that person is all in on reselling. Like that. That's a pretty hard. That's a pretty hard sell. So anyways, I mean, again, without getting too far off topic, I think one of the things too is like, and I probably will talk about this more on the update episode too, but part of that is just mission though. Like I think reselling, reselling is fun. I mean, it can be fun, but I don't think most people like reselling is like the ends. It's like Mm -hmm, not the mm -hmm. thing that like that people care the most about. It's like reselling is a means to the end. And so if you've got a mission, if you've got like something like I'm reselling, I'm doing this so that, I can have more family time or so yeah, that yeah, I, I can get financially free or so. So I think people can get behind that. So if you're out there and maybe this is just advice even too for people who are, are in the same boat as you, they're like, I'm a reseller. It's an interesting lifestyle. Can I do this? I'm single right now. Can I do this with somebody else? And it's like the person actually, I don't even know if they have to be all in on reselling, but if they're behind the mission of this is what reselling allows and here's my goal moving forward with reselling, people can get behind that. So yeah, I've I heard do. a lot of people say that, um, you know, their their significant other wasn't super into the reselling. Even my wife wasn't super into it until all of a sudden money started coming in. And then it was like, oh, yeah, we could do that trip. Okay, how can I help you with this reselling thing? Right. Like <laughs> that is true. Yeah, they yeah. get behind they get behind the what you're doing out of reselling, not just reselling itself. No, agreed, agreed. And I appreciate you, Lombard. So hopefully you keep tuning in. So thank you. 
Yeah. All right. Uh, I got so much to say about all that because, yeah, anyways, for another time, let's get to those hustles of the week. That's right. Come on, hustlers. It's the freaking hustle of the week. Yeah. Hustle of the week. So our first one is an email and it comes from Matt from MSG's Treasures. So listening to your podcast today and this collection I bought is exactly what you're talking about. The seller just wanted it gone and needed to get out of the storage unit he was in and needed bill money. I bought a storage unit full of this guy's lifetime collection, all high-end figures, 90% with the boxes. I gave him $3,000 and had to drive three hours one way to get it, and it filled my 7 by 12 foot enclosed trailer. I've made close to 15000 off of it so far. And I still have hundreds of figures uh, to list are listed. Attached are some recent sales. So there's some pictures that he gave us and some current listed inventory. This is better than those die cast planes and tanks I shared with you a while ago. If you remember, of course, I remember those. Those were great. This, again, nobody is, is, is wanting to um, take advantage of anybody. And this guy was a collector. So like we talked about earlier, this person knew the value of his stuff. Like he knows. He knows what he had. Yeah, he did. But also... Times are really hard for us as resellers right now, but times are hard for other people too. And, and so by being able to offload this stuff quickly, it made this guy be able to make his make ends meet. You know, this is this was the the boost this guy needed. This was the bridge he needed to get from point A to point B. And he probably didn't have the months and months and months that it's going to take for you to continue to make the money off of this that he could have had he listed it and done all this stuff. He didn't probably have the infrastructure like again, going back to that idea of how long it took me to get into eBay. If, if you had a big collection and all of a sudden we're told like, oh, you can sell this stuff on eBay. Well, now I got to figure out shipping. Now I got to get boxes. Now I got to make an account. Well, nobody trusts my account because I haven't built reputation. So all of those things that work that that uh, Matt has already put into all this is part of what allowed him to sell these things for money over time. So yeah, so now is a decent time for buying because people are going to be offloading stuff at really good prices. And some of the stuff he sold is cool. Like here, there's a uh, Legend of Zelda brand new unboxed limited edition uh, for the Nintendo Switch with the Master Sword. Uh, there's a Bandai Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi Re- Revenge of the S- a Sith figure for 200 bucks. Uh, the Zelda one was another 200 There's a uh, Zelda link on he's like on some kind of ship this is link from legend of zelda that's worth like two thousand dollars like this is crazy stuff and and mike and i were talking about this before the podcast because i was you know sharing my woes of how things have been lately (laughs) but that's that's reselling like you can have like this mountaintop experience and get this major score and it's going to pull you through the month or you could have a bad two weeks right that's the reality of reselling and so uh, thank you for sharing that, Matt, Matt, because you never know. You're one opportunity away from making your month, even making your year for some people making their lifetime. Right. So it's kind of crazy. So. All right. This is a cool one. So this is from uh, uh, Alex IG handle flip for more or flip for more. From the, he's been listening to the podcast since the beginning, yeah. since the beginning. He was like, I think one of the first hustles of the week. He's had a few. So he went to an estate sale. The last day. So there was four days of an estate sale two, over two weekends in a row. Saw a bunch of vintage swatch watches, 42 in total, and picked them all up for $20. That, that's a score. 42 swatch watches vintage for 20 bucks. Put on auction on eBay, non-tested, no batteries, and it sold for $610 plus ship. That is crazy. And, and congrats to him. He had, uh, him and his wife had twins. Uh, at the same time that this sold, so it helped him out. But here's here's the catch to it all. You want to know the catch? What's the catch? Guess who bought him? Who bought him? I bought him. Nice. <laughs> so, so here's here's the swatch watches. Uh, let me let me just show you. I'm just sharing like three or four of them because it's a hustle of the week for me too. So these are pretty cool from the '80s. I don't want to ruin. He packed these up really nice. Now I hope he does this for everybody and not just me because he did a fantastic job. Everything's in beautiful bubble wrap. But uh, look at look at these. Those of you, if you're not if you're listening on podcast, so this is a pop swatch. Okay, so this one right here, 
I think, I don't know if he wants to hear this, but he was okay with it. He knew. I think I can get like over 200 bucks just for this one watch. And I bought 42 of them. Uh, look at this other cool one uh, with the clear right there. Look at, look at that uh, band on there with the guy surfing. And these are all like, I, I didn't flip for more. I did not know how clean these are. These are all clean. And then this one says sheep hears or something. I think this is like a hundred something dollar for this one right here. So I got 42 of these uh, for $610. So I'm thinking uh, I could at least 3X my money on these. Uh, and here's the beauty of it. Uh, Swatch, and we've mentioned this, and I, I feel bad because I messaged them once it was already on auction. And I'm like, hey, man, you can pull the auction if you want. Uh, Swatch will replace all the batteries on any Swatch watch. And so my goal is when I go visit my family up in San Francisco, there's a Swatch store there. There used to be one in LA and it shut down during, you know, that era of lockdowns. And uh, so when I visit my family, I'm going to go to Swatch and I'm going to get 42 new batteries installed. And then I'm going to list them all. So stay tuned for Hustle of the Week Part 2. But uh, yeah, thanks Flip for more for... Uh, here's the thing. I messaged him. I'm like, I even... I, I shouldn't say what I said, but he had the ability to even, you know keep and relist if he wanted after i bought them right because i bought them and i'm like hey i'm gonna you know i could have done a return whatever you know what i mean um but uh yeah he was he was that that's the thing about reselling right he knew that these were valuable and 20 bucks to 600 yeah yeah i mean you might three extra money he did a lot more than three x's money so 100 100 percent. now i'll make more profit right in, in the long run but he made it faster too, right? It's going to take me, I would say it's going to take me about three months to three X the money on these. So anyways, all right. That's, that's uh, Alex flip for more hustle of the week. All right. Uh, so our next one comes from Levi who is on Twitter at, at Levi lock 34. Uh, so we got a game boy camera in a big lot of other stuff uh, that he thought was better. Uh, so factored in paying about 15 bucks for it. Turns out it was a rare variant. So he sold a Legend of Zelda gold Nintendo Game Boy camera, oh, special man. edition for $750. Uh, the shipping was free on that, but $750 same day. So picked it up, paid about 15 bucks to 750 Holy smokes. That's no joke. And Game Boy cameras, like I get that's a collectible because it's Zelda. But have you seen like the Game Boy, the pictures from Game Boys? Yes, oh my I owned goodness. a few growing up. I, I bought them when they first were released. I wish I kept mine with the box. I remember playing uh, Mario Brothers, Link to the Past. Tetris obviously was a big game when it first came out. Yeah, I loved it. There also, there also used to be this thing where you, there was a magnifying glass that you could put over it and a backlight so you could play with it at night because it wouldn't. the back screen didn't light up so you couldn't play, play it in the dark. Yep. You almost see like a book light that you go yeah, over the that's top. that's what it was. Yeah. Right. Nintendo got away with selling a book light for more money because it said Nintendo on it. Yeah. And, and it, but it plugged in though, right? Didn't it plug into the, or was it battery operated? It, uh, no, it was, it, it was battery operated, but it was like this big clunky like device that you're playing. That's crazy. Uh, there, there's so many add-ons to the Game Boy. It's just, it's just pretty wild. That, that's why Nintendo is so popular because there's, you know, do you remember the Power Glove? Yep. They, Nintendo sells an experience, right? It's not It's not even the games they sell as much as it is the experience. So, yeah, no, that's cool. Um, all right. Orlando, what's your hustle of the week? So this was an interesting one. Um, <laughs> so I always like to buy randomness and just see if I can sell it for good money uh, on local marketplaces. So someone had a Jeff Dunham ventriloquist dummy. And he had it for 50 bucks. And I looked up comps and they, they sell for like two to $300 on eBay. And I was like, no way. Like, why does somebody have this here? So I messaged him. I'm like, hey, would you do 35? He's like, nope. I'm like, would you do 45? He's like, nope, $50 firm. I was like, all right, whatever. I show up. I pick it up. It was basically brand new. Listed it on eBay for 300 and uh, took an offer of 200 bucks. So, you know, turned that 50 into over $100 profit. Uh, it wasn't very tough. It was, you know, listing took me probably five minutes. Packing it took me another five. 
driving was the only thing. It took me 20 minutes. So I spent a total of 30 minutes to uh, make a hundred dollars. You can't beat that. So I know we always have these massive hustle a week, but I wanted to share that, you know, knowledge again, right? I knew that these ventriloquist dummies are money. Like right now, Goosebumps is coming out again on Disney. Mm, And if Disney, I wonder, are there any, do you remember Slappy from Goosebumps? Yeah. The dummy, I do they did yeah. they sell that toy? I wonder if they sold that oh, toy. I'm sure. And if they oh, did, yeah, I'm, sure. I'm pretty sure that's gonna go up in value, you know? And uh recently somebody did good old eBay. Remember that Goosebumps collection I paid 20 bucks for? Uh-huh. Somebody offered me 300 and I took it. And guess what happened? Hmm. They didn't pay. Which I'm fine well, with. Now you'll probably make more, yeah. I know. I'm just gonna up it now, now that I realize it's coming out. So yeah, so that's my hustle of the week. You know, local deals you can always make money on. How about you? Um, I'll be honest. I don't have anything that's, that's, uh, significant enough to talk about this week. Um, just kind of handful of bread and butter sales. Um, ha- I've actually kind of slowed down on the, the local stuff just being so busy. Okay. Uh, but I'm, since we're moving into garage sale season here pretty soon, I'm hoping, uh, I'll be, I'll be getting some of those, some of the, the pickups that are more, uh, noteworthy for sure. So, uh, but I do want to mention before we, uh, move on, uh, just to kind of get your thoughts on this. So we're already at almost an hour. Do we want to break this up into a two-part uh, episode? Uh, let me let me see. Can we can we fly through the rest of these? Because hey, are you saying we we've been keeping it too real on this episode? No, I mean we just know. we've uh, we, we've gone into to depth on on everything. I mean we 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 could go longer on this one, or or we could uh, we could save this for for a, a part two. The next the next things, the real facts about reselling. Well, let's do let's do one more. Let's do one more. And then, uh, and then we'll break up. Yeah, because I, a I part a f- two. If, if we do, because we've already talked a lot about a lot of this, like adapting. We talked about adapting, like you have to adapt, right? That's the reality of reselling. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We we talked about uh, reselling, right? Is simple. I had something about reselling can be done by anyone, but it's not for everyone. We kind of talked about that, yeah, right? It's a little redundant, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, how All about right. what's what's the one what's the one that you feel like we 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 haven't touched on enough? Where where is the gold at? Uh, platforms don't care about your feelings. <laughs> Are you okay with that? Yeah, I mean, explain what you mean. Well, okay, so right now, I, I this is just you know, and we've had a lot. I would say I don't know if hard hitting episodes, but we've had a lot of episodes about you know, like what was one titled? You're wrong about eBay, or one was like you must have eBay ads, or we've had all these right. Like, I, I feel like we've been these, we've been very like, you must, you must hustle, you must work hard, right? Right. We've even been accused of being toxic, right? That we're part of the hustle toxic culture uh, on social media lately. And the reason, the reason, and Mike hasn't been as, as, as tough about this as I have and and not that he doesn't agree with me, but, or maybe he doesn't, but, but the, the reality is right now things are, are kind of brutal. Right. Even today, today I've made on eBay, I've made $110 gross profit. Okay. That's what $70 by the time I'm done. I would have been better off working for minimum wage in the state of California in the last few hours than reselling right now. That is brutal. Right. And so you know, some people would go like, oh, you, you should contact eBay or, you know, you should make a. We should make a whole video about how how we're all doomed because eBay's doing something with the algorithm or, you know, eBay CEOs don't care or and we, we just did a whole a reason why you shouldn't leave eBay. So if you haven't checked that one out, check out that episode. We did a part two recently. One of them was about uh, CEO and. You know, I think there's this false sense in the reselling community that if we say things loud enough, like eBay is actually going to change things. Now, there might they might they might, but I'll give you an example of why I don't think platforms ultimately aren't in, aren't seeking the best interests of all the resellers or seeking uh, the best interests of their shareholders and what 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 allows them to stay profitable. And and I know you probably disagree with them, Mike, but no, I don't. I don't disagree with you. I mean, they're they're looking out for their most important customers, their biggest resellers, or their biggest customers. 
Correct, correct. And do you remember when we went to eBay Open 2019, right? We talked to a couple of execs, right? We we mentioned about unpaid items and and we we talked to them about this and and how did we feel after we met with those guys? About the unpaid stuff? Oh, or about just having a conversation with them. I mean, there was mixed feelings. I mean, there was I feel like we got some good answers as far as like here's why we haven't done immediate payment and it was like, "Okay, that makes sense." And there were some promises of some change. So I feel like I feel like that in in general we felt like okay we're moving in the right direction. Yeah, you felt good, right? You felt empowered, right? Uh, I remember uh, years ago uh, when I was in education, uh, there was uh, a superintendent that people would go in and they would voice their opinions and they'd voice their feelings, and he was really good at empathizing and and you know just relating with people, and people would walk out and they go like, oh. There's going to be some big changes. He heard me out. Things are going to be better. Things are going to improve. And nothing changed. <laughs> like nothing changed. And then a month or two later, people would, would become really upset. They'd get angry. Hey, I met with them. I talked with them. You know, they listened to me and nothing's changed. And so this got me thinking about eBay. Like when we were at eBay 2019, I, I, I felt really empowered walking out. I was like, hey, they finally heard us out because we were like in these closed door meetings, right? With like, at that time, we were, we were really like, we're still small creators, but we were like, I don't know, what did we have? Like 2,000 on YouTube? Not even, a, I don't know what it was. Like a couple thousand on Instagram. Like we got invited to, I would say the big boys table without, you know, being like, there's, you know, you had like eBay Princess. Uh, I forget who else was there, but there's a lot of people that had a huge following that was there. And I remember walking away going, wow, like things are going to change. They're going to make the seller experience better. And and I felt really, I was like, oh, okay, good. eBay, here's, here's this out. And then over time, right, we're now in 2023 and still unpaid items hasn't been fixed. Right now we're doing promoted listings. Now now there, there's other things that, that, some people would say is are, are working against eBay sellers. And so I, I want people to understand, and you, you know, I, you can disagree with me, Mike, and, or maybe agree with me. Uh, I want people to know that in the end, spending the time hoping that eBay or Amazon or Mercari or Poshmark is going to listen to you or, 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 you know, just mulling over it, going to the comments, going on YouTube comments, you know, listening to only YouTubers that just all they do is rant and complain and say something's wrong all the time. Like in the end, you may feel that eBay or Amazon, all that uh, are going to make major changes. But the reality is you're better off expending that energy, focusing on your business, trying to yeah. figure out what to do, sourcing better, listing better, providing better customer service, finding ways to make it happen. Because in the end, these platforms are about staying profitable. And if that means that they don't change things for you, they're not going to change things for you. Yeah. I mean, um, to go almost make us sound like those uh, those toxic hustle people, the reality is, and I think there's some truth when you hear things where it's like, no one's coming to save you, right? You have to take care of yourself. You got to recognize this is your business. This is your life. Nobody, nobody cares about your life the way you care about your life. Um, and, and nor should True. they, right? Like this is... This is your life you're living. You only get one of them. And um, I think I think there is value. I wouldn't say you should never complain. I think there's value. There's times where like me and you or like you're at work, water cooler talk. Sometimes it's helpful to know like, am I am I, am I seeing things right? Am, am I this is my experience? Are you experiencing this too? Okay, I'm not crazy. This is like a bad situation, whatever. But you can only control the things you can control. If there's things, if there's steps you can take to fix a problem, great, fantastic. But when it's something big outside of your control and you're not going to be able to, to change things, uh, yeah, you can, you can hope that, well, maybe if eBay, you know, m makes things way easier for me, like that would, when eBay did the thing where they, um, they increased the number of listings you could have for the stores, right? Like they changed their, their store format. Mm -hmm. It was really helpful. It was like, wow, like I, I actually can like for a while there, I was actually able to downgrade my store to a lower level and get the same amount of listings. So it was like, oh, that's a sweet little bonus. But I wasn't relying on that. I'm not sitting around hoping, hopefully eBay does a structural change of some kind that's going to make me more profitable. The, my profit is in my hands. And I, I'm the only one that, that, that can can make... They, they're outside forces that can cut into my profits for sure. 
but uh, I'm the only one that's got control over what I'm going to do about that. And so, yeah, I, I agree in the sense of, look, you can complain about eBay all you want. Sometimes it's helpful to say, like, see that you're not crazy um, in a situation. Maybe other people are in the same experience. That they, they have the same uh, experiences that you do uh, with certain things, but then move on. Like, go with the almost stoic mindset of, you can't control what's happening around you. All you control is yourself. And I think I think we're all a little happier when we do that. Because to me, there's nothing worse than just the complainer that just complains, complains, complains. I feel like at first, it's fine. It's like, yeah, I agree with you. But then it keeps going and going and going. Eventually, you almost feel sorry for them. You're like, why? Look, look no, I can't fix this problem for you. You got to fix it yourself. So um, I, I, I agree. I think eBay, Amazon, none of these platforms, they're tools for us to use. And maybe the tool isn't as sharp or as useful as it used to be, but it's still a tool. Figure out how to use it. Yeah, agreed. And again, I'm not here saying things aren't tough. They are brutal. They are. I will relate. I relate with many of you. I just choose not to focus on that because I, I don't. I did that for a little while, and the podcast I was doing that for a little bit, and I I, I came to a realization that I'm not helping anybody. I'm not helping myself. And so, it, you, you know, the reality of reselling is, like you said, is in the end, you got to do what works for you. You got to stay in your lane and you you got to work on what is, you know, the one thing you can control. I know I'm getting redundant, but there's no guarantees in reselling. I think there's an expectation right now that eBay, I've said this before, eBay owes people a salary. Amazon owes people a salary. They do not owe us anything. Right. What they owe us is whatever we agree to on the terms of service and what they agreed to on the terms of service. And I'm just being generic is that we would put an item on their platform and that they would promote it to a certain extent. And when it sells, they would take fees and they would give us the remainder as profit. That's ultimately what we agreed to. Right. Everything else, everything else is, is nice to have. But there are no, and there's no guarantees. And when the situation is something where they can't guarantee a salary and it's kind of ludicrous to expect a guaranteed sal salary, it's time to realize, like you said, there's no one out to save you. You got to make it happen. You got to work hard. You got to hustle. With that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling. Lates. Peace.